Welcome to Big Damn Heroes, episode 96. always will ackerman and joining me is hannah krieger uh, how are you how have you been hannah pretty goddamn good um, um i'm settled down in chicago i didn't have to work today because it's a federal holiday and shit so i've had a nice relaxing day pretty damn good yeah 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 once again people people uh, we are just going i have to outright apologize this is mostly on me i know hannah had a move in there but I've actually just been really unable to really focus on doing much of anything the last few months, but I think we're back into it. We're going to try and, you know, troop through a, a movie. This is certainly a thing that occurs a lot. Yeah, yeah. And also season two of Big of agents of shield and also season one of agent carter so and after that we'll we'll discuss what we're going to be doing for our hiatus later uh, you know an actual planned hiatus not an hiatus we weren't exactly planning on <laughs> yes we we actually do occasionally plan these things this wasn't it yeah this was just you know time getting the better of us and then the holidays happened and then work happened and it, it, it's complicated people Mm-hmm. <sighs> but outside of that i've been all right life has ha been happening i i don't really feel like getting into it any further than that um let's see so weedon news wise we've been well we don't have anything really on he hasn't really come out with anything new recently outside of well some of the um yeah some of the age of ultron um well stuff jesus like it's, yeah we we will get there eventually but it boils down to he is out and out said this is not the movie i had wanted to make but you know what i'm free of it now i'm done it it was a train wreck kids and I will be interested to hear the full extent of what went on because you know what's going to come someday. Those NDAs can't last forever. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Non-disclosure agreements only last so long. And I would say it's if it lasts, if Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. is over, then he might talk. But as is, like, he, just for, you know, the sake of, you know, his family members that are working on Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. But I know you've actually talked a little bit about the movie yourself in a segment of Versity.net, the show. Or this... at least, you know, it's depiction of uh, of one of its main characters. Yeah. Very briefly, but yes. Yep. And 
I can't, I'm looking at what the episode number is. I know you did it. I know you did it with our good friend Ian Wilson. And the, even that, that was recorded like several, several months before it actually went up. So, yeah, oh well, it happens. <laughs> you know how it is. But outside of that, though, we've pretty much just been. Tr- I think. I think Whedon's just resting after, you know, being on the Marvel train for as long as he was and now just kind of realizing, huh, that's about it. Yeah. Like, there's stuff I'm sure that he's going to be picking up, but you know what? After kind of the last few rides he's had on the Marvel train, it's good for him to take a break. Take a break. And then, you know, afterwards, maybe direct a movie Maybe go and maybe go and talk to Netflix about about developing a new show. Something. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. Yep. That's I, I guess that's just you know happiness there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just look at everything and it's all just different. You've been associated with any known criminals? No, sir, I have not. And I paid my debt. My conscience is shiny and new. Big fundraiser, so just nod and smile and talk to the wives. Oh, yes, thank uh, you. She's good. Something is happening to you. You're in my head. I don't understand this. What is this? What's going on? I can see out there. Can you hear me? Wait, you're real. You're a real person. Oh, that's the sweetest thing anybody said to me all day. What's with you? You got a funny look. I met someone. Go on, show me. Read him and wait. Hi. Hi. do when she finds out that I'm just like everybody said. Is something going on? <gasps> no! <laughs> it really was quite a show. Amazing! <laughs> Can't always do what you're told, darling. What are you doing? I'm headed your way. Hey, yo, stop! How do you expect me to just shut you off? I want to know what you feel like. The best thing, the only thing about me that I like is you. So right then, um, today we are talking about the, we're talking about a movie, the 2014 film In Your Eyes, written by Whedon, but directed by... What's this guy's name again? I had it. Mar- directed by Bryn Hall Hill. Now here's something. Um, you look at IM- the IMDb page for Bryn Hill, and then you're like, oh, this guy has done nothing I've ever heard of. And to be honest, there is probably a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Right then, talking a little bit about the background of this thing. 
This is actually a script Whedon had written back in the 90s. And you can kind of tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, I think everyone was a little surprised when it actually ended up happening. Um, got released in 2014 at the Tribeca Film Festival. And instead of having a theatrical distribution, it was put up online almost immediately for like five bucks. Yep. And I think these days it's actually free on YouTube. Yeah, I know I know I ended up watching it on Netflix myself when I both the times I've watched this thing. <laughs> okay. Um so normally, normally this would call for a detailed synopsis, you know, the beat by beat earth dot net the show um we're nope. not doing that here uh, for a number of reasons. First, mostly because when we get into it, the plot of this is less comp is very uncomplicated. Okay. So pretty much the movie starts out with a couple of kids, um, Rebecca and Dylan. Rebecca is out sledding in New Hampshire. Dylan is at school. And then Rebecca hits a tree. Dylan gets knocked back. Turns out that they can feel each other's pain and other stuff. 20 mystical years later. Mystical empath bullshit. Yeah. 20 years later, Rebecca is married to a doctor. Dylan's just gotten out of prison. And then Dylan gets beat up at a bar. Rebecca gets hit by it. And then they start to connect a little bit more when they realize, hey, I can hear you. You can hear me. Hey, we can get out of each other's feelings. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's weird. Let's keep on talking. They talk, they talk, they talk. They get closer, they talk. Um, Rebecca helps Dylan with a date. They talk, they talk. Dylan finds out, starts realizing he's more in love with Rebecca. Rebecca feels that about Dylan. Rebecca gets committed to an insane asylum for weird Three reasons. Seasons. Mainly because her husband is a, uh, is a two-dimensional douchebag character. But he ends up, but Dylan ends up flying across the country getting Rebecca out of the insane asylum, and then they run off together. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> that is this movie in a nutshell. I left out some things, namely that Dylan is being blackmailed? I don't, I don't know. Into doing a um, heist with a couple of friends? Despite the fact that I don't know why you would aggressively, you know, try and get somebody to help you with a bank heist or whatever... With a stealing. With stealing something who obviously doesn't want to do it. There's next to no reason unless you want to use him as a fall guy. It's not a... But overall, I think that's pretty much summing it up. It's not a good movie. No. Yeah, remember how we said that this was written back in the 90s? You can really tell. Yeah, there's a lot of the plot that... That falls apart. You know, they're still using cell phones in it, even though there are some places like... I've been out west. There are parts of Arizona. You won't get any cell signal. So I don't know how this guy is in, you know, in the middle of an Arizona desert in what looks like Bud's trailer from Kill Bill Volume 2. <laughs> Am I the only one that knows that's Bud's trailer from Kill Bill Volume 2 that he's living in? 
I didn't notice it, but to be honest, I really was not paying that much attention either of the times I watched this. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And that's the thing. There are, par- there are parts of this movie that I feel do work. I like the relationship between Rebecca and Dylan's. I, I like how it develops. I just don't like the execution of it in the long run. Like this feels like it could have been. This feels like it should have been an episode of The Twilight Zone, not a two-hour movie. Not even a two-hour movie. Like just short of it. But yeah, like this should have been an hour tops or like a forty-five-minute special edition or something. Like it drags on. Like I fell asleep twice during my first viewing of this. <sighs> Our douchebag doctor is, like, really obviously evil so that we have no real other choice than to root for Rebecca and Dylan. And that's the thing. Like, there are a lot of romantic comedies, romantic dramas out there where they feel, hey, you know, the other guy or the other girl, they have to be the worst human being possible so you know who to root for. And it's kind of like, you don't need that. That, I mean, Whedon alone has made sure in the past with some of his writing that that is never a concern. I mean, yeah, Buffy is in love with Angel, but she also might be in love with, you know, Riley or Spike or whoever this week. Flavor of the week. But regardless, like, like with the exception of, well, with the exception of Riley, you always, there's never a clear bad guy in any of the relationships, in any of the triangles. Like, did he just not edit this? Did he just he, dig this out of a pile and say, okay, we're making this? Well, from and the sounds of, it, of, from what interviews have said, he pretty much wrote the, he's rewritten it con- like a few times over about 20 years, like since early 90s. And it's only like, it kind of just was one of those things where I feel like, you know, he just kind of was like, you know what, okay. You want to make a movie? Fine. Here you go. I don't care. It I'll be involved that, in it tangentially. Well, like, here's the thing. It was half done by his own production company. Like, the only thing that Bellwether has done before this was Much Ado. And Much Ado was pretty great. It was also cheap as shit. That's kind of the running running theme with this one. They are trying to be cheap as shit when they probably need to actually, you know, put some budget into it. And it feels more like a van- vanity tug-off project. Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, looking at the cast alone, half of them, you've never seen anything before. You're never going to see again. I mean, there's pretty much just Jennifer Grey as, you know, some, as, you know, some chick. Like, just a complete Courtney and then you have David Gallagher, who was on Seventh Heaven. And it's kind of like, really? Because he's supposed to also be playing like kind of a street tough character. But I can't believe that in even the remotest way possible. Yeah, it's... I don't know what they were thinking other than this. I don't know if this was just to try to get his head back into space while he was making Age of Ultron. But... <sighs> No. This was a bad idea. Yeah. Um, there's, an, there's a point later on in the film 
Okay, one of the things that this movie... The thing is, this movie fails on a lot of levels. One of those is also consistency. Because one of the things that they do for the most part, and they mostly succeed in, is all the scenes either are from Rebecca's point of view or Dylan's point of view. Because it's kind of important, you know, just for the entire sense of the movie that that happens. Except they don't keep consistent with it because we occasionally will have a scene with neither of them and it just kind of comes out of nowhere and it's a little jarring. Like there's a, and, but the point, is, but the problem is these scenes are not just throwaway scenes. Like it's like, oh, we need to have a scene between, you know, um, the, her husband and her friend and it's all about, hey, we're going to go and I'm going to go and commit my wife. Yes, you're going to commit your wife. Okay. It breaks the narrative flow. It's... It's someone who clearly didn't know what they were doing directorially. The script probably didn't give that much of a help, and our actors and our leads just aren't that good. Yeah. Like... The only time I feel like they even work is when they are talking to each other. And when they're interacting with anyone else, including each other at the end of the movie, it stops working. But if it's just them monologuing and then edited together, it it starts to feel like, hey, you know, I like this idea. And then it stops working. Just... No. Like, here's the thing. I'm trying to think of a reason that this movie absolutely needed to be made. I am scraping the bottom of the barrel of this, and I just can't think of why. Somebody really likes the idea of having phone sex while also kind of having sex through space and time because you can feel each other's orgasms? There's like at least five porn with that, with that plotline, man. I know, I know, but. And the thing is, I think the porn did it better too. The thing is, I'm also I also look at it this way. Um, did you watch the show on Netflix, um, Sense Eight? I haven't yet. I've watched a couple of episodes. Here's okay. the thing, that movie. That what TV show, it's the fucking Wachowskis, and they're doing a better job with what is almost the exact same premise. Yeah. And that is a major problem in that, you know, I, Whedon is capable of doing great work. We have seen this a lot over the last few years. But here, I mean, the... If you, it does definitely – I'm trying to make you no know, excuses for him here of, hey, you know, he, he – no one even associated with him actually was the producer. He just has the writing credit, you know, and it was his production company. Maybe, you know, he didn't have as much to do with this as we would – as we could think of, but – Even if we – he's got the writing credit, he doesn't have anything to do with the directing if that was the case, then Bellwether wouldn't be on this as a thing. I would be willing to bet that Bellwether shouldered a lot of the finances for this, too. I don't know if he just wanted to do something that wasn't Marvel, or 
if he's openly said that he was in a real slump by the time that Age of Ultron was actually happening. You know, maybe that's this. But I don't know. It's this kind of feels like a turning point. Like I've heard everything I've heard indicates that Agents of Shield is going to do fucking great next season. I really hope so because the, that first season was a real slog. Season, and, yeah, I mean, season two is much better, and I've only watched, I only ended up watching a few episodes of season three. It had the problem of being up against my um, favorite t- terrible TV show of this previous season, mm-hmm. which is Scream Queens, because it, Scream Queens is like, oh my god, fucking terrible, but awesomely terrible. <laughs> it knows it's terrible, and it embraces it. It's a Ryan Murphy show. I mean, you gotta expect terrible from from certain Ryan Murphy shows. I mean, it's not. It, it was never going to be American Horror Story. It was never going to be Nip Tuck. It was always going to be, you know, Glee with knives. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. Ugh. Glee with knives. Actually, Glee would have been a lot better if people had stabbed each other. I think it would, especially towards the end of that show. Oh, yeah. Glee towards the end. Uh, people, if you didn't watch Glee, don't feel the need to start now. But towards the end, it beca- it went from being, you know, an occasional train wreck to a constant flaming dumpster fire. It's like a Yule log, but not. I mean, I won't say it's as bad as, you know, some other things out there, but it got pretty bad. Right then, we were talking about a movie, weren't we? Do we really have to? Well, like, I am at the limit of my notes for this thing. Well, other than, like, three lines of, ugh. Well, let's look at it. Here's one little thing. Okay, so you make a movie. And your movie just happens to share a name with a very famous song. Would you... Now, here's the thing. Doesn't it make sense that, you know, at least try to fit that song into your movie? You know, I would say that if this movie had anything resembling a budget you could squint at. True, but That still, ain't this fucking movie. You see a movie called In Your Eyes, you expect to hear some fucking Peter Gabriel. Nope. Generic ass bullshit. I mean, I liked some of the instrumental music. But any of the like pop stuff that we ended up having, it was it was pretty much bottom of the barrel pop crap. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just uh, I hate to be you know constantly harping on this thing, but seriously, like just so much of it is. It's unnecessary. It's embarrassing. And this thing has... There's a reason that this went direct to internet release with $5, and I'm pretty sure it dropped pretty quickly after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what? I'm sure there's a reason why, you know, some of the people in this, you don't really see doing a lot of... A lot of crap afterwards. I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, this was going to be the make or take for, you know, some of the actors. 
but at the same time, it's like, you know, they probably went in for thinking, I'm working with Josh Sweden. I'm going to be, uh, this is going to make my career. And instead, it's like, oh, yeah, that didn't really do much. Um, I guess I'm going to go and do some TV movies on Lifetime. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that's what I got. It's that or, you know, be the best friend in a Meg Ryan film. And Meg Ryan doesn't even do films anymore. Yeah. Does Meg Ryan do films? I, I need to look this up. I'm sorry, people. But there's, <laughs> this no, is how badly we do not want to talk about this film, people. We are looking up whether or not Meg Ryan does the thing anymore. Huh. So apparently if the How I Met Your Mother spinoff, How I Met Your Dad had gone the pile, had actually been picked up, uh-huh. she was going to be the she was going to be the narrator. I I'd say that's, you know, a step up from from Bob Saget. Yeah. That that's a little that's a step up. But still lord. Oh, well, what you gonna do? Cry? <laughs> yeah, cry and cry again. <sighs> Dear God, I mean... Here's the thing. This is the first solely Whedon thing we've done in a while. Like, up in... The last big solo Whedon thing that we did was Avengers. We didn't vaguely had a hand in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for these first two seasons because he was still kind of at the head of the Marvel Universe train. After this, again, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe vaguely a hand in, in like some of the Winter Soldier stuff. And again, maybe and a very vague hand in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is kind of the first thing where we've done just Whedon, all him, in a while. And it's not that good. Not at all. Like, I'm sorry, this is what we're coming back with, kids. This is kind of unintentionally part of why this hiatus happened. Like, this is just not that good. Yeah, it's like we're trying, it's just trying to work up any effort to talk about this thing. And you're like, you're looking at the, how many minutes are left in the podcast and you're like, huh, yeah, you're, you're really kind of pushing it at this point. Because let's face it, there are only so many tangents we can go on to try and, you know, pad out the length of this episode. We're trying, guys, we're trying. Yeah, if you're going to watch it. If you're morbidly curious enough to watch it, go through Netflix, go through YouTube, go through the internet, Barry. Giving it five bucks is not is more than you really need to ever do. May, but yeah, with any luck, once he's had, once you know he's had, let's give him a year. Let's give him a year to you know, kind of just breathe, get get himself creatively focused. Stop doing interviews about how much he really didn't want to work on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or on Avengers or anything Marvel anymore. Let's just give Whedon some time to go and breathe. And yeah. yeah. So, but 
is there i mean hell i just want him to do an something original something that does or even if he does have an old script that he wants to resurrect give him some time to you know rewrite it man like has that thing he was talking about at sdcc last year come out yet the comic no that has not lord is it still happening? Um, I feel like this is a legit question to ask. Like, Dark Horse announced it, and there's just been absolute radio silence on it. I am looking that up right now. I mean, I think, like, it's one of those things that just kind of got announced. Yeah, I haven't... I'm not seeing a, a news story before July 15th of last year. Mm-hmm. Was comic release date? I am still not getting anything before July seventeenth of last year. Yeah, like. Oh God! But you know, I, I got a pilot. For, uh, not a pilot. I got a tablet for Christmas. I've actually been re I've been reading a bunch of old X Men because I can actually read it now. Right. <laughs> Kids, getting a tablet is uh, is very useful for reading comics. Like oh, I, I might actually, you know, continue to use like the Marvel, the Marvel app, or at least until I, you know, get caught up on X Men. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you can string enough of those free promotions with different accounts together in a year, you know, it's totally a thing. It is. It is. Like next time one of those come up. And it's close to my expiration. I will let it expire, wait a couple of days, and then I'll go and I'll go and get myself a new free month. Yep, it's good stuff. Yep, unlike the mo unlike in your eyes. Nope. So, um, do you um do you want to score this thing? Uh, that, can that just be my score? <laughs> Are we? I don't think we're we're not the Trinkle Tyrates. We don't give a final word. It is not a, a score, though. It I translates to what about a three or a four? That's very you know nice. I was gonna give it a two. I'm trying to be nice to it. Like it's probably going to be a three because I just do not give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Seriously, this this thing definitely would have worked better as an episode of Twilight Zone than as an actual feature-length film. <sighs> oh well. Days. One of these days. Yep. So, if you would like to contact us, there are a number of ways you can do so. You can email us at bigdamnheroes at earth2.net. That's bigdamnheroes, all one word, at earth-2.net. You can also join the forums at Earth2.net. Talk about the episode there. Talk about anything really geeky. We really don't have much of a standard as far as what we call consider geeky, so trust me, if you make a thread for it, I'm sure somebody will eventually comment. Mm -hmm. You can. It happens a lot. You can also you can also give us a review on iTunes. You can like us on you can like us on Facebook, or you can. Or you can follow us on Twitter. I am DC Twenty Will Save. Venna V E N N E H. So until next time, I'm Will Ackerman. I'm Hannah Krieger. Good night. <laughs> okay, well wait, here goes the good one.
Number seven, how does your partner rate as a lover? No, wait. Pass, pass, pass. It's none of your business. Of course it's my business. Hush up. You describe your lovemaking as A, wild animals. B, sweet and slow. C, at least he tries. D, additional. Who's he talking to? Join us next time when we'll be covering the first three episodes of Season 2 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., those being Shadows, Heavy as the Hand, and Making Friends and Influenced People. I'm Will Ackerman, saying thank you for Hannah Krieger and for listening to Big Damn Heroes, and good night.